0: We are talking about MotoGP, MotoGP Fantasy, motorcycles, and just the general love of riding. This is Wheel to Wheel.
1: What's up, Ty?
0: You know what? Not much. I'm just trying to stay warm again. It was like really warm, and then it kind of got cold, and then it got warm, and then it got cold. I mean, I guess that's just Virginia weather for you. That
1: so. is very true, but we did get to go on a motorcycle ride.
0: We did. And it actually, was it wasn't very bad at all. It was it was almost perfect, it was, but...
1: It was 55 degrees. If I we had, had had like 60... Oh. <laughs>
0: Primed. Although I think I think honestly the best optimal riding weather is sixty five degrees, and sunny. Perfect.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of there with you because it's not too hot, but it's not too cold. Oh yeah, it's just like the Goldilocks zone.
0: Yeah, I mean I think the thing is when you're at fifty five, it you walk outside and you're like oh this is warm, and then you get to like forty five miles an hour and you start to realize
1: oh it's not. <laughs> yeah 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 well we got a few things to talk about today we are covering two races in this podcast yeah, i gotta
0: play a little bit of catch up since yeah. you know
1: well if we don't cover a couple at a time at least on a few episodes we won't be done with the 2019 season by the time yep. the 2023 season starts and we want to make sure that we do that so that we can Talk about the good stuff when we get there, because we are going to be covering some MotoGP fantasy. Was that motor? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to be really hitting the fantasy stuff really hard, so we want to make sure that we don't have to worry about the 2019 season anymore once we get there. But before we get into all of that, LonePrepper.com. L-O-N-E. Yes, that's where you will find all of your prepping needs. Uh, make sure you take a check over there if you want to uh just prepare yourself for any kind of disaster or if you just want to get some gear for outdoor living. You just wanna be a
0: cool person. You know? Yeah. You just wanna be cool. You wanna be like all the cool kids. You'll get yourself <laughs> some, you know, cool kid camping
1: gear. Absolutely. And if you use code wheel to wheel, you get that cool kid camping gear for ten percent off. So Head on over to LonePrepper.com to get what you need from them, but we have some exciting news. Uh, We are now able to take listener support for the podcast, so Ty and I have some really big uh, dreams and thoughts on how we can grow our podcast and grow the audience and make some new changes and do some new things, but... We need some help to do that. We can't do it by ourselves. So, we would love if you were interested to uh, support the podcast. Um, you can do that. Just go onto our Instagram page and hit the link tree, and you will see where you can just follow that. And if you want to, you can support us. If not, We're still glad you're listening, and we're not going to be upset if you don't support us. (laughs) Uh, Because by listening, you support us. But if you wanted to support it monetarily, you can do that. Uh, Just head on over to our Instagram. That's wheel2wheelpodcast, at wheel2wheelpodcast. That's where you can find the link for listener support. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, so we're excited about some of the things we got coming down the pipe, and we will let you guys know about that as we are able to. So, we covered two races um, in what we watched this weekend uh, we watched race number seven and eight so we watched
0: which, which is interestingly enough I think we talked about this before we actually started recording but that is a lot to cover yes and I do think that's gonna be a very very interesting thing you know because previously obviously there's only one race you have qualifying so you kind of have two things to talk about mm. qualifying I feel like kind of it's it's really important. But you spend significantly less time talking about that as you do the race because, you know, you could qualify in first place and still get zero points. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is interesting to see just I mean, even though the sprint races in this coming season aren't going to be full length races, that's still another race. And that's still twice the amount of stuff to cover.
1: Yeah, and I think we're going to spend some time this year talking about who crashed and ruined everyone's dreams for fantasy because they didn't race on Sunday because oh, they yeah. crashed on Saturday. Well, <laughs>
0: also, that just I think you know when it comes to our MotoGP fantasy, that means there's going to be significantly more points scored. They're, yeah. So they're either going to leave it the same and there's just going to be a higher scoring season. Or they're going to value less the points that they already have given. And so it's maybe, you know, you, get, you don't get as many points for the fantasy season. I think that
1: they're just going to leave it the same. You get the points that your writers get. And, yeah. you know, you're going to get that from Saturday and Sunday now. So,
0: I mean, the points scored in 2022 versus 2023. Big difference. It's going to be
1: huge. Yeah. So
0: As Donald Trump would say, it's going to be huge. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> now, listen, if we get canceled because you said Trump, I'm sorry. I'm not upset. I just think that's one
0: of the the funniest things. It's just huge. Can you not pronounce the H?
1: Just, you know, please. (laughs) All right. So, race seven. We were in uh, Deutschland. Uh, We're at the track, Assen's track. And listen, this is a kind of a crazy track. Um, These two tracks are both kind of different. This one, it is 2.8 miles long. So, it's a long track. I mean, we're finding that... Quite a few of these are longer than I anticipated. I thought most tracks were gonna be closer to the two mile mark, but it seems right. like more of them are two and a half or better, you know. Yeah. So uh it's fourteen meters wide, so it's another pretty wide track as well. Twelve right handers and only six left hand turns. That
0: means your right ti- right side of your tire is gonna be significantly more torn up than the left side.
1: Yeah, it completely changes the way you ride the bike because you can't push it as hard. Yeah. Which it's, is also a kind lot of it. against
0: Mark Marquez because he, he typically likes left turns. That's why he does so well at Koda
1: <laughs> Well, and Saxon Ring. Yeah, and Saxon Ring. Um, and so
0: Aston, you know, it's interesting because that is a lot of right turns.
1: Yeah. Well, and the longest straight at Aston, this is very interesting, is only 0.3 miles. So it's really short. Oh, yeah. The longest straight is very short, which lends itself to be a better track for bikes that handle well
0: literally just it's better to bike a better track for any bike that's not ducati
1: yeah pretty pretty much actually. especially
0: in the 20 or 19 season ducati hadn't figured out how to turn the dang thing yet so i definitely think this was one where ducati really is struggles because they can't rely on that just raw power like you know, yeah they previously could with other tracks
1: yeah, which, honestly, I think that says a lot about uh, Danilo Petrucci and how good he is as oh, a yeah. rider because he, even on tracks that he shouldn't be good on the Ducati, he still does pretty well. So yeah. let's get into the grid uh, and talk about that so then we can roll with this uh, this conversation. So on the grid, on pole position, Fabio quattararo This was a very surprising race. Yes.
0: This was. I mean, if you want to talk about drama, yeah. You know, this was like, you know, meet the Kardashians.
1: <laughs> yeah, this one, this Keep was an exciting, exciting race. Um, Fabio had a great, great qualifying. It was actually really fun to watch that qualifying because it was. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time, like, oh, oh he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then, <laughs> you know, so uh, first place, pole position, you got Fabio Quattraro. Second place, you've got Maverick Vinales. Again, no surprise, two Yamahas. Handle super well. They do well at this track. Third place, Alex Renz on the Suzuki, which also handles very well. Look, all in line fours. You know, so that's your first row. Second and fourth place, you've got Mark Marquez. Uh, You know, he just kind of seemed to struggle a little bit more than we've seen him in qualifying. Which is funny because,
0: I mean, Mark Marquez struggling is still top five.
1: Yeah. And honestly... (laughs) In a, in a lot of ways, that fourth
0: place position
1: is. I mean, it's not a anything in the first and second row is great.
0: Yeah, although the sixth place I feel like it is a little bit different of a story. But that fourth to first, that's just not a big difference.
1: Yeah, sixth place is not bad if, if when it's set up this way, as long as there's a right-hand turn right hand turn for in turn one because they can kind of get that inside line a lot of times. Yeah, um, which can jump them several spots um but fifth place you've got juan mir this is another suzuki in the top two rows sixth place you've got cal crutchlow he he's really honestly he's kind of impressive to me uh i know that i had him on my fantasy team a lot in 2022 but watching him in 2019 just makes me a bit of a cal crutchlow fan yeah um i I know he's a test rider now and he's kind of past his (laughs) his prime of riding however I'm a fan, so um, Cal Crutchlow, follow us on Instagram. <laughs> I would love that. Um,
0: if I could, if I could honestly just have an evening to like just hang out with one of the MotoGP riders, you know, like shoot the breeze, talk, yeah. you know, Cal Crutchlow would definitely be one of the ones I would want to talk to. He's also one of the ones I would have the easiest time understanding because I'm an American. Yeah. Um, but you know, he seems <laughs> just like a really cool guy.
1: Yeah. So third row, seventh place, Danilo Petrucci. Eighth place, Takanakagami, Ninth place, Franco Morbidelli. So, so far, we've got one Ducati. Uh, we've got three Hondas and two Suzuki's and three Yamahas in the top three rows. Fourth row, 10th place, Jack Miller on a Ducati on the Premac. 11th place, Dovey, uh, also Ducati. 12th place, Paul Esparago. Ty's favorite. <sighs> <laughs> Uh th- it
0: hurts me every time you say
1: it. <laughs> 13th place is Pecco, 14th Valentino Rossi. This I mean this whole season is just
0: This has been Valentino Rossi's like worst nightmare.
1: Yeah, it's just a rough season for him. Um yeah. and you know, following this season he moves to the the satellite team. So it's just yeah. This is the this is the exit of Rossi. Yeah,
0: 2018 um I feel like there you saw a little bit more of the better Rossi. Sure. Uh, 2019, you definitely see is the decline. Yep. So if you're a Valentino Rossi fan, this is when you start closing your eyes and stop watching.
1: <laughs> yes. And 15th place, you got Alaysha Esperargo. 16th, Carol Abraham, 17th, Joan Zarco. 18th, Hafiz, oh, I forgot how to say Hafiz. it. Hafiz. Siren. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Teamwork. <laughs> 19th is Andrea Iannone, who is going to be released from his suspension in 2023. But I don't think that you should hold your breath for him coming back to MotoGP because it's not going to happen. Um, But potentially World Superbike. We'll see. Uh, 20th, you've got Miguel Oliveira and 21st, Tito Rabat. So, hmm, this race was really good, but was a womp womp at the end because Maverick Vinales won.
0: Yeah. Turnips can ride fast.
1: Yeah, I mean, he pretty much rode lights out in this race. He did oh, yeah. a really, really good job. But well, that's I just where I don't think
0: he really looked a lot like Jorge Lorenzo did when Jorge Lorenzo was on Yamaha. And that's sure. where I think, you know, I feel like our what we would see today would look a lot different if Jorge Lorenzo hadn't left Yamaha when he did. Yeah. Um, that would definitely have made for a very, very, very different paddock today.
1: I just um, don't care for Maver- Maverick Vinales so... It, I don't get excited when I see him win. However, <laughs> Mark Marquez in second place. It's not
0: like you really see him do that a whole lot in 2022. Very true. So, I mean, I don't think you're going to be disappointed. So,
1: <laughs> so Mark Marquez took second place here, uh, which honestly is astonishing at this track for him. Yeah. It's not a strength of his but he just powers through. I, I don't think anybody really thought, like, oh, man, he's going to win this. But he was in victory contention the entire time.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he fell back to fifth, and then he was up at fourth. He yep. fell back again. And then you're thinking, like, okay, he's kind of done. And then next thing you know, he's actually passing Fabio for first place.
1: Yep. And then Fabio came in third place. So that's your podium. You got Maverick, Mark, and Fabio. So big deal that he got another podium here. So pretty Awesome. And then uh, Dovey in fourth, uh, Franco Morbidelli in fifth, Danilo Petrucci in sixth, Cal Crutchlow in seventh, Schwan Mir in eighth, uh, Jack Miller in ninth, and then Andrea Iannone in tenth. Um, so we'll just give you the top 10 there since we got a lot to get through, but. Let's get rolling here on where the standings are after this race. This
0: is where it starts to really look sad for everybody else in the paddock, unless you're a Mark Marquez fan. If you're a Mark Marquez fan, then you're like, woo, this is fantastic.
1: Yeah, so Dovey's kind of just holding on a little bit, but Mark Marquez is at 140 points in the league. Dovey is 103, so he's 37 points off the lead. Alex Wren's still in third place uh, with 101 points, 39 points off the lead. Thirty nine and thirty seven, not impossible. He didn't
0: finish that race. So that's that's. I mean, if he had finished, we would be having a very different conversation. Correct. Because I mean, he was. I
1: mean, he was. Oh, he's going to be a podium. Yeah, I mean, he had, he, he started gonna, off in first place, didn't he? Yeah, he was in first place for for a quite a bit of time, and then second place, and then first place, and then he just crashed. Yeah. So, so. this um, is also
0: this, we'll we'll talk about this, but this has to do some with my, some of my hot take. Yeah. Today,
1: so he man crashed out of the lead that was just the worst uh you're right we would he would be much closer in contention had he won that race i mean 20 Um, at least at least
0: 25 points so there'd be a 20 point yeah i mean
1: if mark was still in uh second place he would have gotten 20 so you could take five points off of this he would be you know 34 points away if he had won and mark got second but he didn't, so he's 39 points off. Yep. Uh, and then you got Danilo Petrucci four. Rossi is in fifth. I don't know how that's possible because – Okay, here's the thing.
0: <laughs> Let's say there's 26 races in a season. You get 13 points for getting fourth or fifth place. Yeah. Fourth place. If you get fourth place enough, that's 416 points in a season.
1: That's a good point. You know
0: how rare someone scores a four hundred points in a season. Yeah, it's it, it, twenty and twenty two. How much did Fabio have? It was like two hundred something. Yeah. Um, and Pecco, I mean, was further than that, but I mean,
1: only by you, like seventeen points. So
0: if you get four, a fourth place every race, I mean, you are like score wise, you are just way better than everybody That's
1: else. A good point. It's a good point. I, I hadn't really thought about that, but so you got sixth place, Jack Miller. Uh, seventh place, Fabio. Eighth place, Takanakagami, Ninth place, Pole. Esparago still in top ten. <laughs> and Cal Crutchlow is rounding out the top ten of the current standing. So, let's run through the rookies and then talk about this. So, Fabio finished third on the podium.
0: He had a little bit of a hard time in that, that, that track session.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had a bad start again. It's kind of... His problem right now. The thing in 2019 for him. Uh, but Bagnai coming in a whopping 14th place, but at least he didn't crash again. Yeah. Um, and then Oliveira 13th. So you're just not seeing a whole lot of Al- out of Oliveira and Bagnai in 2019. But you, we know that they're good. It's just crazy to think how good Bagnai is now compared to this.
0: Well, I think, too. Um, sorry, I kind of was speaking really loud there for a split second. Um, but I do think that one thing we have to give them credit for is going from a Moto 2 bike to a Moto GP bike is it's a big jump, and oh, yeah. I think you know they're not just really coming from Moto 2 bike. They're going from Moto 2, where everyone's pretty similar in bikes, to now you have factory satellite teams, and you're starting to see a bigger mechanical difference and a yeah. difference level of support. And so you know between having to figure out a completely new bike system you know you're also starting to see how being on a factory versus satellite there is some mm-hmm. benefits to that yeah. so i think you put all that together it's a
1: little bit different now because so many satellite teams have factory equipment
0: yeah well i mean i think the thing too though is that you this this happens in cycles so i mean like there you know you could say the same thing about andre davidzioso before he got his factory seat sure. he wasn't really doing much and then he became factory was championship contention yeah so, I mean, this is a regular thing. You don't you don't see Mark Marquez happen very often where they just go to the factory team and then blow the lights off of everybody.
1: Or ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, Two so,
0: races before he got his first win in MotoGP. That is insane. I know.
1: So, Juan Mir actually started showing us who he is here. So, this was the one where he ends up in eighth place. Um, now, his finish was interesting to me because it showed us that... He is capable of doing more. I mean, eighth is solid, but if he had if he had qualified a little better, he probably would have done better. You know, but this is a consistent thing that you'll see through this season where where Mir has a hard time qualifying well, and then he just has to work his way through the, through, through the crowd, the whole race to finish kind of top 10. Uh, but he does that consistently. Um, so
0: it does feel like he has to try a lot harder than other riders. And I don't mean that he's not trying hard or that Fabio's not trying hard. They're all giving it their 110%. Yeah. But um, Fabio just seems to just... To, even We've talked about him having some trouble cutting through the crowd, but it just feels like Jerome Mir just... I mean, he just does not do that nearly as well as some of those other top riders.
1: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> he spends a lot of time in the crowd <laughs> because he doesn't qualify super well, especially in this season. And he just kind of you know babies his tires passes when he can he's not super exciting to watch
0: he's not a very aggressive rider at no
1: all. but he moves through slowly and then ends up with a pretty decent finish usually uh, so this is where we really start seeing that uh, and at the end of the day Fabio's still leading the uh, rookie of the year uh, Juan is in second place and then Bagna and oliveira kind of not really even close so let's talk about Rins. So this is his first DNF since the Saxon ring in 2018. Yep. Which means that he's won a ton of races without crashing. Yep. Which is, it's funny because that's really out, that was outside of Renz's character in that time. Yep. But now we look this at The commentators
0: were like, this is not a normal mistake yeah. from Alex Renz. And you're
1: like. But now when you see Renz crash, the commentators are like, there he goes again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think, um, I feel like that is starting to show closer to their, because the thing is, Alex, I will say this, is the closest rider, and I've said this before, to Mark Marquez. I think in th- that goes a lot with how he just goes for it. Part of that might have been for a long time that Suzuki didn't always have the best bike on the grid, and so he just, if you're not going to win the championship, like you don't have a championship bike, it makes it kind of easier to just
1: mm-hmm. throw
0: it. Um, You're not really worried about it as much, but I also, I just feel like we're starting to see the Alex wins that he is today, which it's like a, he either doesn't crash a whole lot, but he doesn't win that much either. Or he crashes a lot, but he also wins sometimes. So, you know, he just should maybe try crashing and qualifying and free practice more than the race.
1: Yeah, well, and a lot of people would say that he just needs to be willing to take second or third and take the points versus trying so hard to get first and then losing all the points, you know? Yeah. Uh, So it comes down to a little bit of what they call race IQ, um, which is just being smart and taking what you need to win versus... Which
0: has to be really hard if you... Because the thing is that there's probably They all
1: have an ego. Well, I mean,
0: also you have this feeling where you're starting to pass people and Mm -hmm. you're like, you have a faster pace. And it's really hard to mentally go, I'm going to slow it down. Right. Um, you know, and I think uh, once you're kind of in the moment, your blood's pumping, that's got to be really hard not to just go, you know, I could one more one more spot, one more position. Oh, mm-hmm. I could get first. You know, that yeah. would be so hard to just slow yourself down if you feel like you're going faster than the people in front of you.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, so speaking of people in front of you, uh, Juan Mir was actually running a great race as long as he was following Wrens. <laughs> so he was like, he was tailing Wrens in the first part of this race, and he was keeping the same pace as Wrens. They were together, like almost like a unit in the front of the pack the whole time. As soon as Wrens crashed, Rins, or Mir dropped like six places. Yep. His, he just couldn't keep the same pace. And we know that like when you see them go out in qualifying you know, a lot of times you'll see somebody jump behind someone and trail them the whole Right. The whole Martin time. Marquez so,
0: really likes to make people mad with that.
1: Yeah. Well, you can get in the slipstream. If they're going to run a hot lap, you will run one just a little bit faster than them, <laughs> even <laughs> though you're behind them. Right. Um, so I think that he was taking advantage of the fact that his teammate is better than him. Yep. You know, part of that's because Renz is more experienced at this point. You know, some people might argue that Renz is not as good as Mir because Mir has a world championship under his belt. But as we've talked about several times now, I do think that Renz is the better rider. And I think that Mir was able to take advantage of that while Renz was in front of him. And once he crashed out, you saw where Renz just or Mir could not keep the same pace. So,
0: yeah, I definitely think it's pretty telling. I think Juan Mir is more of an emotional rider between the two of them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, some of the greatest writers have been emotional writers. Valentina Rossi is one of them. I don't think he's very ice cold. Um, Casey Stoner is a very emotional writer. So those are two, some of the greatest writers, MotoGP, both very emotional. I mean, Casey Stoner got the nickname Moaner Stoner.
1: <laughs> That's a terrible nickname.
0: And they call him that because he literally would whine and complain about press and media after every single race. I mean, he would complain about other writers and doing things unsafely. And some of those things were justified. A lot of them may have been justified, but still, just the complaining every every single race. Mm -hmm. Great writer, tons of respect, but he, you know, he he got himself that nickname. (laughs) Uh, But you know, I think, uh, but that goes to show: just because you're an emotional writer doesn't mean you're you're gonna be a bad one. I just think you know, Juan Muir is gonna have to go through a similar thing that Fabio went through in his early career, where you kind of have to learn how to control that a little bit, because yeah, you know. You want to win, <laughs> and if you get in your own head, it, it just makes it really hard to do.
1: Yeah. So, all right, let's let's talk about Rossi's crash here. <laughs> okay, was this? We didn't see anything. Yeah, they didn't show it a whole lot. They only showed it a couple times, but there was someone else involved in this crash. What? Takahakagami.
0: Well, he was the one that was hurt.
1: Right. But it was the same crash, <laughs> same time. So that's why I have the question here, Ty. Was it Takanakagami's fault? Is this is this where it began? <laughs> well, is if, this where Takanakagami becomes a missile? <laughs>
0: it's so hard because I honestly feel like when you're watching the thing, they don't you don't really see a whole lot and Valentino Rossi the first thing he does is to go check on Taka, which makes yeah. you kind of seem like maybe it was his fault in the accident but you really just see two bikes flying off the track and you're like I have I have no idea. It's
1: super unclear but the commentators did take a moment to say was this Nakagami's <laughs> fault? You know because it was really unclear, and they never really showed any good footage of the crash. So and on that
0: day, a hitman was born.
1: <laughs> and that's that, I, that's what I was thinking Torpedo when this taka. happened. I was like, oh no, is this where it starts? Is this where it starts? Does he become the guy who crashes other people at this point? But we don't know if it was Takanakagami's fault or not, but bottom line is Rossi and him crashed. Takanakagami did this get is hurt. the
0: second crash of the season for Rossi?
1: Third, third. This oh is his third DNF of the season.
0: That, that's not that's not common for Rossi.
1: Like I said, I this is the this is the beginning of the end here.
0: Yeah, I feel like if I was at his age, I mean, he was at forty when this <laughs> season is going on, and I mean, you've got to start thinking this is not worth it.
1: Well, and you got to remember, for me, I started watching MotoGP this season, well, because that's not entirely true, in, like, 2015, 2014, I watched a few races at your house back then, but I really watched, this was my first full season that I watched all the way through, and so, I'm watching, you know, Rossi going, I don't understand why everyone in the stands has his shirts on, because he's just not, not that great, he's crashing a lot, he's not finishing top, you know, five, and stuff like that, however, as I've Learned more about Rossi. I've understood the greatness that there is.
0: Yeah, I think this would be like you know for people who haven't really watched MotoGP, the best example I can think of would be like when Michael Jordan first came back after playing baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, was he he still a great basketball player? Yes. Was he the same Michael Jordan that we remembered when he was on the Bulls? No, no, he was not.
1: You mean people that were alive remember Ty? But
0: I think that you know, a, I think a good way of looking at it is it's very reminiscent of it because yeah. I mean, Valentino Rossi's—he's still not a bad rider. He's just, you know,
1: he's not contending for the championship. And so, if you're
0: just coming into this, it would be really easy to go, "I don't understand what the Hall of the hype is about."
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you've got a guy who what? How many championships does he won? Seven, uh, something nine? Not no, eight. He and Marquez are tied, so eight. Um. But the thing is, 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 like you're looking at that going, how on earth how on earth is this the same guy? It is nine. It's nine. Oh, my gosh. So, Mark has to win another one just to tie Rossi? See, this whole time I thought that he just had to win one more to be ahead of him. Oh, man, he's fighting a losing battle right now. That's rough. That's a rough day for, for old Mark.
0: Mark Marquez has eight.
1: Yeah, so he's got to win one more in order to tie. I, yep. <laughs> oh, man. Woo! So 10 would make him be ahead. Which is, it's possible. Not probable, though.
0: Pessimists.
1: (laughs) All right, so last thing is just, again, gross, Maverick (laughs) 1. Gross, Maverick 1. Listen, if you've watched the MotoGP Unlimited, which I strongly recommend you watch.
0: He's not going to be your favorite person in the world. Well,
1: okay, well, here's the thing. So I watched it with Haley. Haley's my wife. And she loved it. And she was like, the first three quarters of the show, they kind of really make you like Maverick. They show his, they show his, uh, is is he married or or whatever they show his girlfriend wife whatever and they show they have a baby and they're like showing this whole like side of maverick and you're like oh he's such a sweet guy like he's 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 nice and then the last like three episodes is basically just how awful he really is (laughs) and and by the end of it you're just like I really don't like that guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, did they show... I can't remember. Did they show that when he was trying to blow up the engine?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, they showed it.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at Maverick Vinales and, and Haley look, went, type wh- in Maverick Vinales blowing up engine, you know, you might get put on the FBI's most wanted list. <laughs> but, I mean, also, you'll see Maverick Vinales literally just revving out the yeah. motorcycle trying to get it to just H- destroy itself.
1: Haley was like, what is he doing? I was like, he's trying to blow the motorcycle up. And she goes, what a child. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean... He's child size,
1: yeah, so really, really interesting again he's he's fast when when everything goes right for him, he's fast, but if it's not all perfect, he's not great, so that wraps up the assen circuit in Deutschland. Deutschland let's move it on to the Saxon ring, the Saxon ring and Germany. what was that? I don't know, <laughs> I don't know.
0: The thing is, you looked up. Like, what did I just do?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Saxon Rink. This is shorter a, track. It's a crazy. It is shorter. It is two point two miles.
0: They also have a longer straightaway.
1: Much well, yeah. It's it's quite a bit longer, but not like significant. It's not like a crazy long straight. So yeah,
0: I think they topped at like two oh five to ten miles. Yeah. Away.
1: So it's two point two miles, twelve meters wide. So it's two meters. You know, more narrow than Assen, and then this is what's crazy to me: the straight is .4 miles, yes, but what's crazy is there are only three right-hand corners and ten left.
0: And uh, who does that favor?
1: That definitely favors Mark Marquez. But I'm (laughs) just saying, ten the the whole race you are turning left. It's It's almost almost NASCAR. NASCAR. It is almost NASCAR. Ty just dropped his mic. <laughs> I like. just laughed so hard I knocked my microphone over. So this was just nuts. So uh, and I got something to say about that later. But let's let's run through this grid really fast. Uh, I'm going to give you the top ten on the grid uh, because we got several things I want to spend some time talking about. But in first place, no surprise, Mark Marquez no on surprise. pole position. He absolutely there was. This was actually qualifying again was very enjoyable to watch. Uh, the qualifying was more fun to watch than the race. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. So if you decide to go back and watch it, enjoy qualifying and just know that the race is a little bit boring. Um,
0: I I mean I disagree. Really? Yeah, I, I liked mean, it. I enjoyed the, it, but I'm biased.
1: The first few laps were pretty good and then yeah. it was just and then it was just like I said
0: I'm a little bit biased because I just get excited because every time he wins, history is being made.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But second it's like place. watching Tom
0: Brady win a Super Bowl. Have we seen it before? Too many times. But also, if he wins another Super Bowl, it's like, yeah, but history.
1: What, what happens when they're you know 27 points ahead at a half? Most people just are like, ah, I'll just watch the commercials from here. that's true yeah so second place on the grid is fabio cuadraro another very very good qualifying for him uh third place maverick vinales front row third place whatever uh fourth place alex rins fifth place jack miller sixth place cal crutchlow this was a great great race for cal seventh place franco morbidelli eighth place Paul Esperargo. ninth place juan mir 10th Takanakagami. and then you know just to round out the fourth row you got 11th place Valentino Rossi 12th place Danilo Petrucci so as we have already stated Mark Marquez won by a lot he won by four and a half seconds that's a lot uh, so he was very far ahead and then you have Maverick Vinales coming in second he did good again
0: yeah two races in a row
1: yeah well what's interesting is honestly I think that Cal Crutchlow would have given Mark a better run if Maverick had not just blocked him at every turn (laughs) literally Uh, Cal just had a really hard time getting past maverick but if he had been able to do that i think that cal had a faster pace does that make sense yes so i don't think that the gap would have been quite as much it might have been two seconds (laughs) you know um and then in fourth place or third place you had cal crutchlow fourth place danilo petrucci remember he started in 12th so he actually did very well um considering and then it seems like they're always together uh wherever they finish fifth place was dovey Sixth place, Jack Miller. So, you got three Ducatis right there. And then seventh place, Juan Mir. Eighth place, Valentino Rossi coming in the top ten. Look at that guy. And then ninth place, Franco Morbidelli. Tenth place, Stefan Broddle. <laughs> so, Stefan Broddle is just this guy that sometimes is on a Honda. He's a test rider. Yeah. Uh, but it's just funny when you see him in because you see his name periodically And then he's just gone, you know, so, uh, but he got a top 10 finish out of this race. Um, but this race really,
0: this is not going to have anything necessarily to do with their placing, but did just have this weird thought. What's your weird thought? So Mark Marquez finished the race in 41 minutes, eight seconds, right? Right. The track is 2.2 miles long. Okay. The crazy thing is, that's about 110 kilometers, which is, for Americans, it's 68 miles. If you were to travel 60 miles an hour, which is like on average where you'd go, to go, to travel that distance, it would take you an hour and seven minutes. Hmm. They're shaving off 20 minutes.
1: That's pretty crazy. That's actually. not a lot
0: of distance. I mean, you can shave off 20 minutes if you're driving to like Arkansas. but you have like you know 19 hours to do that but if you're doing that in 68 miles and you're shaving off 20 minutes that's just
1: you're booking it oh yeah that's fast that is crazy
0: random random little fact from ty but yeah i'm surprised
1: you were able to do that math ty
0: you know what me too (laughs) (laughs) math is not my strong good
1: thing you got a computer in front of you right (laughs) yep i'm gonna high five myself (laughs) (laughs) all right so mart marquez this is really man at this point it's almost okay just to say he wins the world championship.
0: Okay. But, 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 you know, you said that about Fabio.
1: I did not say that about Fabio. Um, <laughs> I I've, don't even say that because I didn't say that. But <laughs> with Mark, this is just incredible. He is now 58 points ahead of second and that's, place. That's
0: just seven races into the season.
1: I, that's what I'm saying. Uh, well, this is eight, right? Eight. Sorry. Yeah. So eight races. Two, in. We covered two races. Today. Yeah. But he is 58 points ahead. That's crazy. It's nuts. I mean, he's got 185 points. Dovey has 127 points. And then Petrucci has now moved into third place with 121 points, which is 64 points. And then, sadly, Alex Rins crashed again. So he actually stays at 101, which is 84 points off the lead.
0: Well, here's another crazy thing. Daniel Petrucci hasn't crashed yet. Yeah, I know. Martin Marquez crashed once.
1: No, he's crashed once because he got hurt. Uh, but it, was, he, but
0: it, was not, it wasn't like qualifying or something like that, wasn't it? Because he's got yeah, ten points. Was, at oh, Qatar, yeah, you're right. You're right. 10, 10 11, He hasn't 16, had a. 25. He hasn't had a
1: DNF, but he did crash in qualifying and got hurt. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I forgot about. I forgot that it was in qualifying, but I because I know that he was riding hurt, but he yes. still does pretty good.
0: Now here's the thing too. Is it's weird because Valentino Rossi was definitely the master of fourth place for a l- the longest time because mm-hmm. like i said before if you get fourth place enough times, even 13 points will carry you to a victory unless you are mark marquez because then you know you, may- you might crash but you're going to get first place enough times that it-, it doesn't matter right
1: yeah i mean this is because he's
0: 20 25 25 25 20 25 he has not scored less than third place
1: except for when he crashed in america that's it yeah so but, i mean like if he didn't crash but it doesn't I mean, matter yeah, if, <laughs>
0: that's the thing is if he doesn't crash in this season, he is top three every single time. Top two. Top
1: almost. Th- <laughs> yeah. Like it, it is kind of insane because I don't know that we see this kind of riding anymore. No. He is a one-of-a-kind. There's a reason we talk about Mark Marquez so much. Um, but let me re- finish out the top ten of the World Championship standings after Saxon ring fifth place. Maverick Vignales, 6th place, Valentino Rossi, 7th place, Jack Miller, 8th place, Fabio Cuadarraro, ninth place, Cal Crutchlow, and 10th place, Paul Esparago. He's getting close, tie. <laughs> <laughs> so, here's the thing. There's a lot that happened in this race. The rookies... Ugh. That was, was bad. It was bad for the rookies. Fabio got his first DNF of the season,
0: oh, and, and uh, Alex Rins crashed again.
1: Alex Rins did crash, but he's not a rookie. Maybe that's still that's two races in a row. But it's two races in a row, which is why he's got such a. It effectively ended his championship run, because. Two races ago, even in after Assen, people were like, oh, man, he still has a chance. If he was to get second place here or if he was to beat Marquez, like, he's actually getting back into contention. And then he crashed. And, and the commentators were like, well, he's not winning. I mean, they just completely were like, he discounted him totally. Uh, but, yeah, our rookies did not do well. Fabio had his first DNF. It was tragic. Um, Pecco.
0: to find Tragic. It was just... I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Unfortunately, a little bit of trash.
1: like, one lap into the race. <laughs> um, but, Bagnai, 17th place. Oliveira, 18th place.
0: Someone's got to go back and just clip his one of his technicians when he crashes, and he just, like, breaks his clipboard. Someone should just <laughs> make that a gif right there.
1: Yes. Um, and then, Juan Mir actually did well. He ends up in 7th place. Um, Fabio's still ahead by 28 points for Rookie of the Year at this point. But... Let's talk about Mark Marquez and his history at Saxon Ring. I mean. He's never lost. I I mean, he's this is his seventh win in a row. And he has ten he's total. He's won with a crooked arm. This was his tenth win at Saxon Ring. Tenth.
0: He really likes left turns. I mean, he, You know what? Honestly, when he retires... His retirement will be NASCAR.
1: No, stop it.
0: <laughs> Although I will say it is funny when motorcycle racers retire, you know what they do?
1: They go race cars. They race cars. Oh, did you see um you were totally random, but did you see Rossi got his 200th podium? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's in just so car. funny because it's not a 200 podium in MotoGP. MotoGP, but he got another he got a podium doing car racing and there was a really funny meme of like him on the podium and this person like <gasps> he got it. <laughs> you know, it was just <laughs> funny. Yeah. Um but yeah, so Mark Marquez is doing something here that is absolutely unbelievable. He won here with a broken twisted arm, just yep. like he won at Cota. Not
0: just like broken twist, like broken twisted crooked, like like life altering injury, bad.
1: Yeah, so let me just give you my uh, my hot take then. Right here. All right. Hit me.
0: Watch I think me. that next in 2023,
1: the 2023 season I think pretty much you can guarantee that Mark is going to win two races, Saxon Ring and Coda. Okay, he he won it with a twisted arm, and now he's not got a twisted arm. So even if, and he did it on a bad motorcycle, so even if he's on a bad motorcycle still, as long as it is running, I think he's going to win those two races. (laughs)
0: Give give him a little like a scooter, he'll still, he'll still win it.
1: Or at least podium. (laughs) <laughs> you know so i i think that you can't count him out of at least two wins in 2023 which means if you go by your logic tie, which is sound what if he got fourth place a bunch of times and two wins you have a champion yeah
0: i mean and the thing is it's not like he's not gonna have a shot at winning anywhere else
1: i know that's what i'm saying like It's actually very possible for Mark to win the championship again. So that's my hot take, just just considering the fact that Mark has such a strong record at two of the... I mean, he's got strong records at other tracks as well, but there are two that he is virtually undefeated at. So you can assume that he's going to continue that, or at a minimum, get second place. Yeah. Which means... He is absolutely someone you got to consider. I do,
0: I do think a lot of the writers are going to be very nervous at his his comeback this coming season because he's planning on being there for the entire season. This isn't another year of no. Half, he's, he's unless starting. he gets hurt again. Yeah. Knocking on wood. Um. So unless he gets hurt again, I mean, he's planning on doing being there for the entire season, and he's planning on being a championship contender. And championship contending Mark Marquez. Yeah. Is different.
1: Yeah. So that's true. I mean,
0: He's he's going to be scary because everybody considers him to be a dangerous rider. Yeah. I mean, he's been the villain since he got there. Villain. And that's part of why I like about him is he doesn't care. He just wants to win, and he plays mind games. You know, Maverick Vignais especially hates him because there was that <laughs> thing last year where he kind of was like, or two years ago, he was following Maverick because he just was so hurt he couldn't keep pace. Yeah. And if Maverick came out,
1: he well, came that out. Act, that actually started out. at... Um, at one of these two races. I can't remember if it was Saxon Ring or um uh Asin, but he's he literally waits for Maverick to leave and then he jumps behind him.
0: <laughs> and Maverick actually like was like He
1: turns around and looks at him three or four times and Mark just is like acting like he doesn't see him. Like he doesn't pass him to, <laughs> to, to get in front of him. He just stays right behind him. <laughs> and this uh, is after he had already got I mean Maverick
0: like, like waves his arms at him and he like he gets mad. Yeah. He's furious. And Mark Marquez just sits there like Yeah. Just like nothing happened.
1: (laughs) So I I say all that just to say we've got to consider Mark Marquez's history at Saxon Ring as well as Coda going into the 2023 season when we're considering whether or not he actually has a shot to come back and win another championship. He definitely has a shot.
0: You know what track I miss? And they actually had it when Mark Marquez was brand new to MotoGP, but Laguna Seca. Oh, yeah. There's this huge corkscrew that actually... Every once in a while, someone just, because it's such a tight turn, it's this really wicked tight left turn followed by a wicked right turn. But the thing mm-hmm. is, it's like a two-story drop. you just just down a hill. And I mean, it make a lot of people crash, but that's a really fun track to watch people pass at. And <laughs> I just, like Mark Marquez. Went, I
1: really thought you were about to say, it's a really fun track to watch people crash at. I mean,
0: <laughs> that wouldn't be wrong either.
1: Uh, all right. So let's talk about Fabio's super... Early, sad, crash. Yep, because he was doing well. Yep, and, and now
0: his bike is broken, and so is his lead tech's uh, clipboard. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if that's his lead no, technician I, or it not. It was
1: that was Renz's guy. Um, so Fabio crashes super early. I think what what happened. So he had a really he had a good start, and then he got swallowed up in the in the first turn. I mean, oh, yeah. I don't really know how it happened. I guess he thought, in my mind, I guess he was thinking, like, I'm I'm ahead. So, maybe I don't have to break quite as late. And everybody else break was breaking later than him. And they just surrounded him. And so, he was caught between um, Jack Miller and someone else. And he, like, actually collides with Jack Miller in the first oh, yeah. turn. So, after that, I think it shook him up and he's down like four spots, you know, he was in second. He's like, "Oh man, I So I think what happened is he just tried to push it too hard too early and his tires were just not ready for that and he yeah. just I mean, that's what happened. The front end just slid right out from underneath him and he went into the gravel and it was and he actually got back on the track and I think he completed like two laps and then he had to retire because the bike just
0: Yeah, I will say it's interesting, you know, when you have something like that happen. You know, do you like cool down for a second, watch what everybody's doing, and then get after it? But the thing is, if you wait too long and a bunch of people pass you, now you have to do that much more work.
1: Yeah, the only person that I've ever seen do well after getting passed by everyone after a crash is Mark Marquez, (laughs) who then broke his body. <laughs> but he did make it like all the way back up to second place. I
0: mean in Moto 2 he started literally in last place and
1: won the thing. That's just insane. So as a bummer, this was Fabio's first crash um, in in Moto GP. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that shakes him a little bit moving forward. Um but one of the things that I notice about Rins in this or Mir in this race was he managed to handle his tires really well.
0: It's because, like you said before, he babies them.
1: Right. But that's what won him a championship in 2020. Yeah. Because I remember, I don't know if you remember this, I used to be like, oh, I'm so sick of Renz. Or, I mean, Mir, because he would beat Fabio, and I'm a Fabio Cuadraro fan, and I would get super frustrated because Mir would be in, like, sixth place the whole race. In the last like five laps, he would just pass everybody and get a podium. I'm like, what? What is happening? How is he doing this? And it's just because he is very good at managing his tires. So once everybody else is like toasted their tires, he just like cruises by them, real, real nonchalantly. Yep.
0: (laughs) I will say, 2020 was probably the season where everybody's bike was not at its best. I mean, Yamaha. Everybody was, you know, restricted with Ducati or with uh, COVID and all that. So, I mean, I'm not saying that it wasn't impressive, but also when the crowd is slower.
1: Well, I, I wonder if, if he felt that he needed to do this because it seems like he's not able to extract the same performance out of the Suzuki at this point that Renz was able to. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he adapted the way he rides. And I don't know if he rode like this previous, but it seems like he's riding in such a way because he knows that he's not capable of extracting the performance out of it so he dials it back a little bit knowing that as long as I can stay in the top eight or so I'm in contention for a podium in the end because my tires are going to be better than everyone else's you know what I mean now now he got in some real big scuffles with um, Jack Miller Petrucci and Dovey which did end up ultimately wearing on his tires there at the end because they weren't having it they weren't just like going to let a rookie just cruise by them like it was nothing. And they kind of, he got his lunch eaten a few times. Yeah. So, you know, I just noticed that you really saw in this race a lot of what you saw out of, uh, mil- man, Mir in 2020. So, pretty interesting there. So,
0: it's true. You said uh, your other thing was Crutchlow had a great race. Crutchlow did have a great race he also has this video i think he posted not too long ago where his daughter like you know like those signs that they hang out and they give you um that your time and yeah. the person behind you is like yeah. the difference what well, they had his daughter holding that sign in the paddock and then he mm-hmm. said, number one dad yeah super cute
1: pretty cool well what's interesting is they actually the commentators gave him no credit at all I mean they did a little bit but at the same time they were like nobody expected to see Cal Crutchlow up here contending for potentially a podium like they literally said no one would have thought this would happen and the other guy was like yeah I didn't bet on him (laughs) like they just had no confidence in him beforehand so I thought it was pretty cool that he ended up being in the race, doing really well. I'm a Cal Crutchlow fan. I think you just
0: need to abandon
1: Fabio and go go follow Cal. Well, here's the thing. Cal is not racing, so... (laughs) Exactly. You're the worst. (laughs) Um, Now, Pecco nearly, nearly had his fifth DNF of the season in this race. He went into a turn way too fast, went straight off into the gravel, and, I mean, it was like, I mean he went from not super well to the very back of the pack. He was ten seconds behind the worst person, which at the time was Miguel Oliveira, which he ended up passing him, which tells you something about Miguel Oliveira. Um but <laughs> Pekka almost crashed. He just he was bad in this race. It was just not good. And I felt like it was necessary to say that he was bad. <laughs> But one of the things that I wanted to say about Renz's crash, and I think that this is something that a lot of people don't realize. You made mention there's a lot of left turns here, so it's going to tear up the left side of the tire. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. But here's what Did people you eat your left and right mixed up. Yeah, for a little a bit for a second. But here's what people don't quite realize um, is, and this is something I think your dad told me uh, a while back. But. If you're taking all those left turns over and over and over and over, and then you have to switch back and take a right turn, what has happened to your left side of your tire? It's getting chewed up. Yep. But what happened to your right side of your tire? It cooled down. It cooled down. So where Wren's crashed, he had taken like several of the left turns, and it was the quick switch to the right, and his tire, it just washed out. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's something that's really fascinating because – if I had to guess, most of the crashes were on the right side of the tire. Probably. Unless it was towards the end of the race, which was and if it was on the left side, it's just because there was no traction left. Right. But when you consider the pace that Mark Marquez had the entire race, just the the mental like strain that it would take to remember how much throttle to give or not to give when you take that switch to the 3 right hand turns on the entire track. You know what I mean? You get so yeah. used to just the what you're doing on the left side to switch that infrequently. That's so impressive. <laughs> like and and that's for any of the guys that are on the track doing this is like it's so impressive to me on a track like this one to have the 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 racing IQ to know okay, I'm about to switch again, and this is what I have to keep in mind that my tire is not going to be as trustworthy <laughs> when I go to the right. You know? Yeah. So just really impressive. I think a
0: lot of that, too, I mean, it kind of goes back to, if, even if you're a beginner, just remembering being loose in the bars, I feel like Mark Marquez mm-hmm. never really looks like he's like, you know, I mean, he's like, he's wringing that bike's neck, but he's also doing it. He He's not the graceful, most graceful-looking rider. But I do think one of the things is if you watch him, he's just able to hang off that bike so much. I just feel like he's he's got an incredible feel for what that bike is doing.
1: So he set a lean record for this track oh, yeah. in this race at 66 degrees.
0: That is low. Well,
1: and they asked him why he leans so far on this track. And he said, because of the bike that I have, I have to lean that far. Otherwise, I can't do what I'm doing. I can't go as fast as I want to go unless I do this. And everybody else is like, Cal Crutchlow, who's on a Honda, was like, I don't I don't know how he's doing that because it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, that was also, <laughs> I think, one of the same interviews where basically Cal Crutchlow said, Hon, uh, Mark's the only one that can ride this bike like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, because he's looking at Mark who just sets a record of 66 degrees of lean angle. That's a lot. Yeah. That's basically laying on the ground.
0: <laughs> I mean, his shoulder, his, his, his it's actually crazy because in this race, if you look up, uh, 2019 Saxon ring, there is photos of Mark Marquez and his shoulder and elbow are touching at the same time. It's, That's basically uh, laying on the ground.
1: Yeah, pretty much. So that'll about wrap up the old Saxon ring. <laughs> but it was a, it, it was pretty good. But it was compared if you're a Mark to
0: Mark th- Marquez fan, it was
1: great. Yeah, but compared to the last two races previous to this, which were both really continually exciting through the whole race. This one was a little boring in comparison, but they yeah. can't all be bangers, right? That's true. <laughs> so,
0: I, Although I will say the, this half of this season is better than all of 2022.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. Gosh, It's rid- so much Don't more exciting. Dorna, please
0: get rid of the arrow. I know you won't.
1: Well, it's just what we were talking about earlier before this uh, podcast, before we were recording, was that we were just talking about how you know, Mark has moved into this new era of riding where when he left, you know, when he got hurt, he had, he was riding in stuff like this, right? where arrow was much more limited. You know, we had just gotten rear, you know, or whole uh, shot devices. The rear height devices were, were not like everybody didn't have all that stuff yet. Like none of that stuff was there. He comes back after his body is broken and there's all these new things. Yeah. So he's having to learn how to like deal with all that stuff, and learn how not to, or learn how to not be able to pass as much and I, all that. I do so, think that
0: whole tire pressure limit uh, minimum mm-hmm. is going to have a huge impact on on this coming season for everybody. Unless you're a Ducati.
1: No, unless you were a Suzuki who never, you know, deviated from the rule to begin with. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So. Damn you, Suzuki. I I do think it's going to be interesting because the tire pressure problem, um, the tire heating up isn't going away. And a lot of this, you know, this is getting a little deeper, but a lot of this is because Michelin, I mean, they're on kind of the hot seat. Uh, There's people screaming for the tire wars to come back because Michelin is just going so slow in their development of their tires. Now, part of that is because of lack of testing, but... People are just not super thrilled with how well Michelin has done with their development. I think that'd be really
0: cool, though, to have Michelin, Pirelli, Dunlop. That would be...
1: Well, I mean, that's the way it was way back in the day, is, like, you could choose which one you wanted. Yeah. But then, and at that time, I believe that it was the Dunlop that, or no, Bridgestone actually had, like, the tire for a while, Uh, and then... I don't know all the details of how it all happened, but eventually you come to the point where you have one tire manufacturer for the whole thing. So mm-hmm. everybody's on the same tire. But what would happen was, you know, the people that did the Bridgestone when it first was the better tire and nobody knew it, you know, there were people on a Dunlop or people on a Michelin or whatever. And then you got these other people who were like, we're going to throw the Bridgestone on. And they were so good. And then tons of people switched over to the Bridgestone. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why they called it the tire wars because they were pushing development so much because they were like, okay, well, Bridgestone's doing better, so we've got to make a better tire than them. Now, the problem back then was there was a lot of people riding on untested tires, <laughs> which is super dangerous, but yeah. you know, at the same time, you saw tire development increase a lot, and I think that Michelin's gotten lazy because they have a big contract, and they're not being pushed to develop the tire faster to compensate for this aero problem. yeah. So the thing is, is if they were able to make a better front tire that didn't heat up so much, the aero wouldn't be a problem. So I think that, you know, to give Dorna a little credit, maybe they're just like, we don't want to get rid of the aero because it's made the bikes faster on the tracks. If we can fix the tire, we don't have to get rid of the aero. So we're going to hold off on getting rid of the aero until we know if the tire is going to be good or not. And I think that they're supposed to be introducing the new tire in 2024. So we're going to have this problem all season. And then hopefully we'll have new tires in 2024 from Michelin. And we'll get to see you know, if they are better and if that's going to change the arrow issue. Yeah. So that's a lot. That's, that's a whole different level of stuff that I don't really actually know that much about. Uh, that was pretty much the extent of it. <laughs> but it is fascinating to, to, to learn and to think about.
0: Well, well, we'll run through these hot takes really quick. Um, I thought it was interesting watching Alex Renz crash twice in two races. And I think that right there um, shows why potentially... I'm not saying it's it's a guarantee. I mean, I'm not saying that Alex Renz is the lesser rider between the two. Um, I don't really think that's the case at all. But that might also show where honda's brain is at um because they still looks like if, if i feel like if you go with juan mir it means that you are not going for someone that's going to be going for championship if you go with alex rins you're going for someone who's a potential champion rider and i think right now for a factory team juan mir does make a lot more sense because he does crash significantly less than alex rins which means you also are getting more data so, he might help build that factory bike Well, why Well,
1: why do you think that the Suzuki advanced so quickly, even though there was only two riders? Juan Mir. I mean, Juan Mir had a lot to do with that, with his consistency. Now, if you look at the 2022 season, you're like, he crashed a ton. That's true. And he got hurt and was out for a lot of the season. But I agree with you. I do think that the reason that Honda went with Juan over Renz is two reasons. Juan is historically more consistent and he has a world title. Those are the only reasons. If you just looked at their racing ability, I don't think anybody is really going to question that Renz is faster than Juan Mir. Yeah. But fast only matters if you don't crash as much. That is true. You know what I mean? Just like we said with Mark Marquez. Like he he can afford to crash out of a race because and then he'll
0: come back and win one.
1: All the other ones, he's in the top every single time. So it balances out. But if you crash a lot and you don't win a lot, you're not balancing that out. Right. You know, that's why in 2022, Peko was able to make up all that, that stuff. Cause he crashed a bunch in the front of the season. And then it turns out he just won like, what, what was it? Like seven, six races in a row. I think it was seven, six or seven. It was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. And when you do that, you balance out a little bit of all those crashes. So, right, you know, I agree with you. I think that's why Honda went with with Juan, but this season's going to tell if they made a mistake because I think that there's a pretty good chance that Renz, like we said last time, I think Renz will win at least once where I don't think Mir will win. I think Mir will be consistent, and he might have higher points, but he's not going to be a... Top step rider this year, right? So that's kind of what I would think.
0: Um, so I think the interesting thing is we were we talked about this before the podcast. We were wrong.
1: Yeah, we got to admit to to being wrong. Um, so <laughs>
0: Mark Marquez's contract does not end until actually after twenty twenty
1: four. Yeah, I don't really know how we missed that this entire time. I have thought that his contract ends at the end of this season. Yeah, but it's next season.
0: So, I mean, that doesn't still – I don't feel like that changes a whole lot. It
1: changes – like, I don't – it changes where I was saying where I was like, hey, you know, there could be some fancy movement and him end up at Yamaha. No, No. that's not going to happen now because the only way that that would happen is if if they let him out of his contract at Honda early or if he got out of it somehow, which doesn't make any sense because, like we have already said, he's going to contend. For the title. And if he's mm. contending. He's already said it. If he's able to be competitive on the Honda. He's not going anywhere. And in addition to that. If you're like. Well. You know. There will be another Yamaha seat in 2024. Yamaha is going to do everything they can. To keep Fabio Quartararo. Yeah. He ain't going anywhere. Yeah. So. Unless just something crazy happens. Yeah. That's true. But he's not trading spots with Mark Marquez. No. He's not. So. With that being said. I do think that Jorge Martin is the. Prime opportunity for Yamaha. I know that there's some disagreement of whether or not he will fit on that bike on the inline four. But here's my here's my reasoning. Ducati gave him the shaft after they promised him the bike. You know, I mean, just did him dirty. Mm -hmm. And who is Ducati's ultimate rival right now? Yamaha. What, I mean, how good, if you were Jorge Martin, got the shaft from Ducati, sees an opportunity to go to Yamaha, their biggest competitor, and go to the factory team at Yamaha and beat Ducati. (laughs) Imagine that. that. Like, if you were to switch over to their biggest rival and beat them. I mean, that's just, like, ultimate, like, awesome right yeah and in addition to that i think jorge martin is the kind of writer that can push fabio to be better as well yeah morbidelli is awful he's done he's not gonna do any better this season than Watch just say last this and season. Him like winning. stop just. it's not it, it, it's not gonna happen <laughs> it's not gonna happen and so like i mean he never at any point in 2022 got any kind of like momentum he was bad all season and he is in total health According to everything, the doctors, all that, he was he got a clean bill of health, you're totally good. Go ride a motorcycle. And he was bad all season. So yep. I don't think that they I do, don't think that helps Fabio, but if you have a good rider that he, can get good data. He did shave his head. Yeah, he looks weird now. He looks like
0: He's more aerodynamic.
1: He wears a helmet, Ty. I mean
0: <laughs> Hey, wait, wait. I mean weight loss. I mean that that Weight hair loss. now he's now he's gonna be faster. That's well, that's what that's what Fabio's missing. He just needs to shave his head. He's done that. And he needs to do it again.
1: Oh my! Well, when he shaved his head, that's when he started losing. I think he needs to dye it blonde again. He was doing great. <laughs> he's then. like Samson, you know, he cuts <laughs> hair and he
0: loses his right <laughs> He was ability. doing
1: great when he had blonde hair. Although the so.
0: 2023 Yamaha livery, huge improvement mm-hmm. on Yamaha. Because Yamaha's livery, I'm not gonna lie, has been pretty boring. And it was actually one of the first times I remember when we still had Patronus. It was one of the only times where the, the 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 third party team's livery was cooler than the factory. Like, yeah. you know it. And when when Valentino Rossi went to Petronas, even though he was on a slower bike and he wasn't as fast, it was still like, man, that livery just looks cool. Petronas
1: had a really good livery, but the new twenty twenty three. You are right. It's it's pretty. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool. nice. I like um, it a lot.
0: Um, and then my last hot take is: I honestly think Alex Renz is going to be top ten. At the end of the championship, at the end of 2023. And here's my
1: reasoning. Is he... Which one? Is, he's on Grassini, right? Mm-hmm. But here's my reasoning he for that. He took a Naes spot. Okay.
0: Um, my reason for that is Ducati's bike is just the fastest thing on the paddock. And Suzuki's not there anymore. So you've... All of the Honda riders, except for Marc Marquez, are going to be going through a development phase. They're on a brand new bike. Mm-hmm. Typically... That means you're just not going to be doing as well. So there, I mean, they could surprise us. Juan Mir could, you know, he could do really, really well. I don't know. But um, just what's most likely to happen is now there's eight Ducatis in the paddock. And he's on one of them. And Ducati has historically for the past two years has been just unrivaled. I mean, no one is as fast as them as far as that bike top speed. Mm-hmm. Also, he has only been on a Honda, which... There is also, statistically speaking, one person to have ever made that work. I mean, when Mark Marquez isn't winning races, you had Cal Crutchlow.
1: Yeah. That and, was, that was it. And it's not a consistently great thing.
0: No, I mean so when Mark Marquez is not there, Honda essentially is getting zero points.
1: Yeah. So it's kinda like when Fabio doesn't win. Yeah. So he <laughs> for I, don't, Yamaha. I don't think
0: Alex Marquez is has as much writing as Alex Renz and Juan Mir. I mean, they they I think are they are definitely faster than Alex Rins than Alex Marquez. And so I think they're better suited for that Honda because they're going to develop it more. Um that one year that Alex Marquez was on, on factory, I mean he just wasn't able to do much. But again, nobody has been able to make that Honda work. So we're gonna see somebody who I do think, I mean, he's a Moto 2 champion, so he we know he can ride fast. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is going to be really the first time we ever actually see what he's like on a bike that doesn't need just a crap ton of development. I mean, it's done. So I'm not saying he's going to be getting first place, but I do think that he will be top 10 at the end of the season. He might actually be exactly number 10.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's going to be t- tight for him um, just because you've got Luca Marini, you've got Bedzecki, who already has experience on the Ducati You know, and they're coming back again, and they're probably both going to be top 10. And then you've got, um, you know, Marquez, Fabio, um, uh, Inaya, uh, Bastianini maybe. Um, I mean, you've got a lot of riders that we know are going to be up there. So it's going to be tight knowing that he's coming to a bike, just like, you know, you know, Renz and them there. He's coming to a bike that he's unfamiliar with. But I mean, when he was doing the test riding. Yeah. He said he felt like he was at home on the bike, which is great, but there's still going to be some level of the first few races. At least he's probably not going to be like, whoa, Altrins is going to win this race. You the, know,
0: the biggest weakness I think he's going to have is he's going to be a lot more separated from his brother. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's on a different team now. There's, you know, they don't probably not going to look too kindly on, Everything being exposed, even though they're related. And that'll probably happen anyway. Um, right. But, you know, that I do think that that means that you have another rider who has a potential of being top 10. Sure. And I think that's also going to really mix things up a lot as far mm-hmm. as who you're going to see being in top five. And I bet you he will get at, at least one top five finish. At least one.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's had a top top five finish before, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, like, he's going to have... I, I would not be surprised if he had two or three of those. That yeah. might be all he gets. He might actually be competing for tenth between tenth and eleventh place. Sure. But I don't I mean he's. I mean,
1: I mean because you gotta even consider like Alech and Maverick are probably both gonna be top ten people as well.
0: Yeah. So he'll probably can be be competing for that like tenth eleventh spot. Yeah.
1: But also, I feel like, and then you've got Jorge Martin and Joanne Zarco who are, you know, both. Potential top ten people. Yeah, I mean, and they're on Ducatis as well, and have much more experience than Alex on the Ducati. We it's definitely
0: just, did musical chairs. That's what this last season. Like, yeah, there's the, 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 all the team swaps. It's, it's musical chairs.
1: It's gonna be wild. But you notice, like we just said, on um, pretty much every single person on a Ducati has an opportunity to be in the top ten.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think the difference between that is we just haven't seen. Alex Marquez, again, is, I think, a really good rider and the only experience that he's had is on a bike that is not developed. All these other people have been on bikes that have a lot more development on them. Alex Surens, Joan Mir, Jorge Martin, I mean, every single one of them have been on a developed bike. And so the biggest comparison is, I mean, Alex Marquez is one of the only people that are going to be going from a Honda to something that's like done. You know, so Juan Mir, Alex Renz, they might not do do anything at all. Um, And you have, you know, Jorge Martin is going to another team. I mean, like, I feel like there's a lot of potential. I'm not saying he's going to win the race or anything like that, but I am excited to see, and I'll probably have him on my fantasy team just because you'll probably get him from pretty cheap.
1: Oh, yeah, at the beginning
0: of the season. And he'll definitely be a wild card. Because we, we, like I said, we literally have no idea how fast he's going to be.
1: Well, and what's nice about, if you don't know, when you're doing the fantasy, you can actually, you know, wait until, and it may be different because of the sprint races this year, but it probably shouldn't, it probably won't be. Um, Like, you can wait until, like, free practice two is over before you lock in your team. So, you know, that first lineup, for the the season i'm gonna be like watching the the qualifyings going okay 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 how's how's alex doing how's how's all these like kind of low budget guys because i know who i kind of want for my top tier you know so it's like you got to check on these low guys and you got to watch how they do in, qualifying. in the season because yeah. the
0: thing is you're going to lose all of those deals yep the second they win two races
1: yep absolutely so it, it's going to be an interesting season, but one of the things that we will do before the 23 season starts is give our top 10 prediction of the championship. Yeah. Um, and see how bad we are at guessing <laughs> uh, <laughs> and see how little we actually know. But, um, this has, been, this has been fun. It's a lot to cover two races, but uh, we won't do this every time. But like I said, we're just trying to make sure that we stay on schedule to start talking about uh, 2020. the 2023 season without, you know, cutting short the 2019 season stuff. Uh, but let us know your thoughts, your questions uh, about stuff that's going on. If you disagree with some of the things we say, we'd love to hear about that um, and we would love to, you know hash that out. Uh, so shoot us a message. You can check in with us on social media at wheel2wheelpodcast. That's wheel, the number two wheel podcast. That's on Instagram. Um, so send us a DM. Check it out. Also, be sure if you could rate the podcast, like it, You know, hit the notification bell or whatever it is so that you don't miss an episode uh, and you know when, it, when it's going to come out. Typically, they come out on Thursdays. Uh, so just make sure you check in on that. Um, and if you did, don't mind, write us a review. That goes a long way in helping us get this out to people. And again, our goal is just to get the conversation about MotoGP out there so that more people will watch. Uh, but. Like we said before, last thing is we are hoping to grow the podcast, so we would love to um, get some support from you if you would like. You don't have to, but it would mean a ton to us if you wanted to come alongside us and help us grow the podcast. So you can do that. Just head over to our Instagram. Again, that's at wheel2wheelpodcast, and you can uh, find all the information you need there. So we will catch you next time. See you guys.